Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. So much to get to over the course of the next two hours. The odds have been on the move consistently for Super Bowl 58 already. It's a no way, no doubt day. We've got a couple of great guests coming up. CBS NFL analyst Will Brinson this hour. We have Beeson's Will Hill coming up in hour two. And Michael, the coaching carousel continues to spin as we had, we, go. we had breaking news just a couple moments ago that one of the most highly sodded head coaching candidates this cycle, Ben Johnson, is staying yeah. with the Detroit Lions. Which is great for Detroit. I mean, you know, look, Ben, you know, he's a young coach. He's 37 years old. He's had tremendous success. And I think part of this is really going to be helpful for him as he continues to grow as a coach and moves down the line here and and finds himself, you know, where he can develop and build a staff and understand everything what's going on around him. So it's huge for Detroit, right? It's really big for Detroit they could potentially keep both coordinators. We saw what happened in Philadelphia when they lost both coordinators to head coaching positions. Their team kind of unraveled. So this is good news for Jared Goff. It's good news for the offense because he is really a good play caller. When I watch him, I'm not sure what the energy level as a leader is because I don't know him. You know, I don't know what he's like, but as a strat- as a tactician calling the game, he's very, very good, and the, the, he makes the Lions that ex- that that really that aggressive team because he always seems to call the right play at the right time. He, and whether it's in a four-minute drill, whether it's the throw to St. Brown to seal the the Bucks game, or even the Rams game, the call at the end of that game, they were always the right calls. And Michael, we closed the show yesterday talking about Ben Johnson and how maybe he wasn't the lock that everybody had made him out to be as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. And something that you said was about that leadership. And when you're coaching under a guy like Dan Campbell, you don't have to be that guy, right? Because Dan has it in spades. So a great person for him to learn under, though, in terms of that type of encouragement. 
Well, you know, and last year after he went through a couple interviews, I think he had Carolina and he had another team last year. The, the word that got back was, you know, he's not quite ready. You know, he's 36. He was 36 yeah. last year. And that, that doesn't mean he's a bad coach. It just means to me, it, you know, what you want to do is succeed. You don't want to go and, and go somewhere and then fail after two years. You want to have success. So I think, you know, this really helps him. And then obviously – does he want to go to Washington and be in that kind of committee mentality? I don't know. You know, Seattle was the other job with John Schneider. I, the other thing, too, would, could be when guys pull out like this, it, it, there's some sense that maybe they weren't going to get that job, right? Maybe they weren't going to get that job, so they get out before they get told they're not getting the job. So, look, he's got a great future ahead of him as an offensive coordinator, and he can continue to be on everybody's shortlist as a head coach. Yeah, and like you said, just a young, bright offensive mind, an excellent play caller. And Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, the first to report the news of Ben Johnson remaining with the Detroit Lions, said that he wants to take another shot at trying to bring a Super Bowl to Detroit. Got very, very yep. close. Had a spot in the big dance in their hands. Let it slip away, obviously, in the second half against San Francisco on Sunday. But now looking forward for the Washington Commanders for the Seattle Seahawks. What have you heard over the last 24 hours of what might be happening there? Well, I, I mean, Schefter's been reporting all along that, you know, Ben Johnson and Dan Quinn rumored to go to Quinn to Seattle, Johnson to Washington, that he was said yesterday that he didn't think that that was accurate. And today he's reported that he, Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock in either place. And that his asking price spooked a lot of teams, which we talked about. I mentioned this back in in December, that his asking price was going to be towards the $15 million. Of course, they came out and denied it. But now Schefter's reporting that his asking price spooked some teams, which for a first-time coach, it would. So I, I don't think anything's really changed in Washington. I could see Mike McDonald being in play here in one of these towns, whether it's Seattle or in Washington, I do know Seattle wants to lean offense. Does that mean it's Mike Kafka? I don't know, but I think we're going to get resolution on these two jobs by ne by Thursday. I really do. Before the, the weekend comes into play, John Schneider is going to interview people. Dan Quinn, they just took a picture of him leaving uh, leaving uh, the airport there in, uh, in what, what the airport there in Washington. Not Reagan, but the other one, Dulles Airport. Yeah. They have a picture of him leaving Dulles Airport, which we need to change that name. That's a whole <laughs> other story. But anyway. Back to JFK. Anyway, the, back to JFK. That was his brother, it but we still can blame him anyway, Stormy. Why not, right? Um, and, and so we, I, yeah. I think we're going to get some – I just don't have a feel that Quinn's going to get a job. I just – that's the sense I get. Now, who gets Washington? I don't know. I think it's McDonald in Washington. I really do. And if Seattle was going to hire Quinn, I think they would have done it by now. And quite frankly, like when you look at Dan Quinn coming off of the way that his defense and his team fell apart in the postseason this yeah. year, and then you look at Mike McDonald and what that defense did for the Ravens. I know they obviously lose this past weekend um, against Kansas City, but still only allowed 17 points. And to hold Patrick Mahomes in that offense to that few of points and lose a game has got to be gut-wrenching. But he did an amazing job with that defense ranking as high as they did in just about every category you could imagine defensively. You know, and then when you watch the tape, right, when you watch the game tape, uh, there's really, you know, they, he played really well. They made the adjustments. They took away the first two drives of the game were long drives. They took those away. And then eventually they got control of the game and things moved on. So, uh, and really the Chiefs went eight possessions without 
scoring. I mean, when you break down, and I've been studying the Chiefs pretty much all day today, when you go through the 28 possessions that they've had in the three games, Cincinnati and the two playoff games, they have been very effective of accumulating plays. They've done a great job of building drives together. They have not been explosive. They have no four-play drive touchdowns. It's all, everything's seven plays or more. And I think McDonald did a really good job of understanding it after the first two drives and then making the adjustments and then working off his blitz package to finally get Mahomes. Remember, he was 10 for 11 for 11 in the game. Finally get him off the spot. Again, for anyone just joining us, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has told Seattle in Washington, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, he is staying put in Detroit. Some other coaching news that we had this morning, it appears former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith has a new gig as the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, Michael. Um, obviously, Matt Canada was fired midway through the season. That offense was not delivering the way that it needed it to. You go from Kenny Pickett, he gets injured to... Ofer with Mitch Trubisky, and then all of a sudden Mason Rudolph puts things together down the stretch and gets the Pittsburgh Steelers into the postseason. But still, no postseason wins since 2016 for this Pittsburgh team, and the offense is something that really, really needed to be turned around. Do you think Arthur Smith is the guy to do that? Well, look, here's Arthur Smith is a run-play-action-pass offensive coordinator. Outside zone, which Pittsburgh runs well. Runs a lot of combinations of play action. Last year, they were 24th in the National Football League in total offense. Didn't really have a quarterback. I'm not sure he has a quarterback in Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be the question mark. Yeah. Right? But he can run the football. He is a very good run designer. And by that, I mean he can go into any stadium and figure out how he can gain that half-man advantage and run the ball. So I do like it in that sense because it matches Pittsburgh. He's got better skill players in Pittsburgh than he had in Atlanta. And Atlanta was letting them draft all those receivers, whether it's Pitts, whether it's London, you know, and then they get Bijan Robinson, who actually, you know, Algier averaged more two years ago per carry than, than Bijan did this year. Now, Bijan's a great player. I'm not saying that. But they sure as hell could have used Jalen Carter as an inside three technique a hell of a lot more than they could use the running back. Trust me on that, right? And those people that made that decision are still making them. So it'll be interesting how it goes forward. Because I think Arthur's a really good offensive coordinator. Is he a great head coach? No, but sometimes you're just not meant to be a head coach. And like you mentioned with Campbell, I mean, Arthur doesn't have to worry about motivating the team. He's got a guy down the hall who's going to take care of that for him, right? He's got a guy down the hall that's going to hold people accountable. So with Mike Tomlin, I think this is a great hire. I don't know why people are so down on Arthur Smith. I mean, he can run the ball. He runs play action. It's a version of Kyle Shanahan's office, which everybody wants. And yet this guy has more experience calling plays in it. So you obviously have a lot more knowledge of the situation than I ever would. But I, I was one of those people that when I saw Arthur Smith getting hired was kind of turned my head sideways like, what? Because I understand what you're saying about B. John Robinson and what you could have gotten in the draft instead of him. But he just wasn't used to his capabilities or put in a in a spot to have success like you would think for the young talent that he is. Same thing with some of those other guys like a Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And a lot of people questioned Arthur Smith's ability to put those guys in the right yeah. spots. And so now you have. I, I think these other... I think those guys are a little overrated. Actually, London's okay. a, like here, if I were to say to you, Atlanta had no team speed, you would say, well, how could they have no team speed? They've been drafting guys in the first round they had no team speed 
like the, the most explosive receivers, Mac Hunt, like they didn't scare anybody. Drake London's an inside possession receiver. And I don't know what Kyle Pitts really is. He's not a tight end. He's not a wide receiver. He was playing with a bad knee last year, so he didn't look very good. And Bijan's a really good player, but it's hard to have a great passing game when, when you can't spread the field, when you can't create vertical and separation. So I think a lot of Atlanta's problem was in the team design. And a lot of those problems were because nobody would tell Arthur Smith no. Like, they kept saying, oh, you want to run him back? Good, we'll draft you a running back. You want this guy? Like, somebody's got to build the team. Like, we need a three technique. We can't get any pressure. Their defensive line was so bad in terms of pressure. I think that was the issue more than anything. So you think with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, with that type of surrounding cast. But now it comes back. They got back- way more st- now it just they comes got back better to the skill than they do. Now it just comes no back question. to the quarterback, though, right? Like, what are they going to nope. do there? I, I know we heard from uh, Art Rooney yesterday saying that they're going to hope to try to get Mason Rudolph to, to re-sign. They still believe in Kenny Pickett. I was hoping that they'd go out and try to get some sort of a veteran like a Kirk Cousins maybe to run that offense. Yeah, but Cousins already announced he wants $45, 90000000 million <laughs> for two. I mean, like, he's not taking a discount. I mean, he's the best. He's just going to keep collecting money. Collect those checks, Kirk. Uh, we got to step aside. It's the best. I mean, and he's good enough to do it. I mean, look, everybody said it. How many years have we been talking about him being overpaid? But he's really not. You like that? He does. He likes that paycheck, I got to say. We're going to step aside here real quickly. So much more still to get into with the coaching carousel today, but also some line movement on Super Bowl 58 and some injury updates. We'll be right back. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This 
is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new and improved vcin.com on the front page today. Everything you need to bet Super Bowl 58, early picks and predictions for the big game, betting trends and systems, MVP odds, traditional prop breakdowns, exotic prop history, and more. Plus, with football season nearing the end, we've got daily articles on the NBA and college hoops. If you've been tailing our boy Tyler Shoemaker, by the way, in his articles this week in the college game for men's and women's hoops, you're feeling pretty good on an 11-3 run since Sunday. And I know streaks come and go, but not too shabby. Again, <laughs> make sure you check out vcin.com today. Uh, not, not not your streak, of, not your teaser streak, Stormy. Listen. Don't be modest now. You're on a roll. I mean, you got it going. I mean, it's just automatic money. I mean, you go from the, putting the bet in right to the deposit rank. I mean, you're just copying the money and pasting. Listen, Michael, I know everybody likes to hate on my teaser philosophy and that same game teasers are not are not a long term winning betting strategy. I get it. Sure. But let's ride the wave while it's going. Should we not? Why not? The the SGT train is going wild. Well, if not now, when, Stormy? I mean, I'm fully supporting it. I mean, I know I tease you about it, but I've yet to say I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, I've yet to say I wouldn't put that in. I've been fully backing all your teases, so I agree with you. You know what? That's a really good point. You have been supporting the habit, but but we both acknowledge that it is a problem, you know, and maybe once we get past football season, I'll grow. We'll see. We all have our problems. (laughs) Yes, we have our problems. My problem is that, you know, now after this last game, I, I become a 76er fan and have a lot of problems as they get blown out by the Portland trailblazers last night but but you know i wasn't watching so no big deal again highs and lows but at least you got to see doc rivers <laughs> losing his first uh head coaching debut with the bucks well so they, there's that at least on your side yeah yeah we'll see how that goes that it's <laughs> going to be interesting to watch that well uh let's get into a little bit of the super bowl 58 yeah. talk which obviously by the time we get to kickoff in two weeks, it's going to be paralysis by analysis, but we're going to try to yeah. break down as many angles as we can. And let's start with just this initial line movement, Michael, because we saw an early swing, a lot of money coming in on Kansas City. We opened at yep. two and a half. We were down at one on the show yesterday. Now the 49ers are back to a two point favorite. And this is something that we talked about with Thomas Gable yesterday when he was on the program. He said he didn't expect this game getting to pick. He didn't expect a flip of favorites. And we've seen some of those 49 backers now come in already well I think when you really go back and watch the chief tape against Baltimore you realize that there were so many opportunities that Baltimore just didn't make and that for as good as the Chiefs looked on the first two drives you know they kind of sputtered out right and when you go over the last three games they've had 28 drives in those 28 drives they've had eight three and outs they've scored 27 26 25 against Miami. I mean, they've not scored a lot or been explosive. They've been very methodical on how they've moved the ball down the field and have tried to approach it. So you know that the Niners' front is better than the Ravens' front. For all the conversation about the Ravens being the best defense in football, when you really study their personnel, they're playing with two guys they picked up off the street in Kyle Van Noy and Javion Clowney. Both of them play really well. But that, and you know, in their secondary, Humphrey was hurt most of the year. Hamilton makes almost every single tackle it, it down there. And they're very good. He's very good, but, and their linebackers are. But this isn't a defense that is as good up front as the 49ers. Now, I, interesting yesterday, the Niners, somebody reported, I don't know if it's true, that, that, that they're upset with Chase Young. But 
unless you don't watch tape, you can't be, you, you're, you cannot be happy with the way Chase Young's playing. If you choose to just to say his name and ignore his production, then you then you're then you're fine with him being on the field. But if you're watching the game, he's not playing. And I I would expect Cleveland Farrell to go over there and play. It gives him a better edge. It makes it harder to run the ball. Teams are running at him. So I think this line movement is look. Yeah, the Chiefs have won two in a row. Yeah, they got Pat Mahomes. Yeah, but this is still not a great Chief team. This is still not a great Chief team. The Ravens let him off the hook. Will Kyle Shanahan let him off the hook? I think that's the that's the question that's motivating everybody to make a different play. And I think that's a great point, Michael, too, because we've talked a lot about the Chiefs' resiliency and their ability to adapt and and change when things weren't working offensively. But you also said a lot yesterday, which I completely agree with, that this is a Baltimore team, especially offensively, that saved their worst for last, played significantly below their capabilities in this game. And game plan-wise, I loved what you said was that they lost this game on Tuesday with the decision that they weren't going to run the ball the way that they always do. And so this is a 49ers team that I think is going to attack Kansas City in a completely different way. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think they're going to spread them out and open up the edges and allow this, the, 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 the Kansas City defense or inside to create some problems. I think they're going to be able to handle the blitz pressure and try to indicate, you know, make it harder for Spagnola to get his blitzes home free. And then they're going to have to defend the run. I mean, they're going to have to. Look, the other thing that was clearly obvious in the tape when you go watch the All-22 is – the Chiefs' defensive backs were better than the Ravens' receivers. Just a fact. Beckham couldn't separate. They forced Lamar to throw the ball outside the numbers. That's not where his strength is. They're going to try to force Purdy to throw the ball outside the numbers, too. That's going to be the game plan. They're going to want to eliminate Kyle from throwing the ball in the middle field. They want to get the ball outside, see if he can make the connections. And there was a couple times he had Beckham open, he had uh, Zay Flowers open, he didn't make that connection. That's kind of what I see this game going. But I do see Kyle kind of creating some problems for Spagnola with formations and knowing that, you know, if we can run the football effectively, we'll be able to make some down-the-field play-action passes. Yeah, and there was all this concern last week about Debo Samuel and his health with the shoulder ends up having the most receiving yards of anybody for the 49ers this past week. Uh, George Kittle is dealing with a toe. He's day-to-day. Like, obviously, he's going to play, and he's somebody that's going to be important to the offense as well because he wasn't utilized the way that we are used to seeing him this past game. So he's going to be really important to get involved. On the Chiefs side of things, what have you made of all of this off-field Kadarius Tony stuff that he's saying that yeah. he's not been hurt and getting on Instagram Live, doing XYZ? Like, I know that he made a huge play in last year's Super Bowl that helped Kansas City win it, but he has done a whole lot of nothing this year. And he's been a whole lot of noise, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really – I mean, it's just been a problem. And so I, I get the sense that listening to the concerns that, you know, he has, and it to me is the Chiefs are just trying to manage them. The Chiefs – let's be clear here. The Chiefs don't trust him. And how could you? How could you trust him? You know, the one of the reasons he got traded from New York to Kansas City was everybody said his heart wasn't into football. Like his heart, he didn't love football. And whether that's changed or not, it doesn't seem like it has. But I have a hard time believing they're going to put him on the field. 
and they can call it an injury. I think they're just trying to avoid having to deal with the fact they gave up a draft pick for him and they want to kind of manage the situation as best they can. But I would find it hard to believe that you could sit there and count on Kadarius Toney to be a good player on the biggest stage. I mean, this requires mental and physical toughness to play well in this game, and I think Andy Reid's smart enough to know that's not going to be the case. Yeah, yeah he's had a ton of drops this year. We all remember the the – famous lining up offsides that cost them a game. And like, there's, there's a lot of things like that, that Kadarius Tony just, it's just what he is at this point. And from an injury standpoint, like we heard Andy Reid say yesterday on his zoom that like the injury report is not made up, but regardless, I think they'd probably be doing him a little bit of a favor, putting him on the injury report versus saying that he's a healthy scratch yeah. or X, Y, Z based on the way that he's, he's performed and acted. Yeah, I mean, look, if he's healthy, then he's going to be a healthy scratch. Yeah. I can't see why they would, you know, I know it's Richie James and he should be able to beat out Richie James, but, you know, Hardeman fumbles, he fumbles. I think the one thing the Chiefs have done a great job of, Mahomes has not thrown an interception since the, since the one to Jack Jones on Christmas Day. He's protected the ball really well. And this chief offense has done a good job of protecting the ball, not getting penalties, not having drops. I mean, look, the 49ers are here today because of the drop passes by the Lions. Let's be clear. I mean, if they can make a couple catches in the game, it could have been a different game. So you can't lose games. You've got you've to avoid losing first. And when you're playing guys like Tony, they help you lose the game first, right? You can't trust them. This game is all about trust. This is the biggest game on the biggest stage. We had 53 million people watching the a the NFC Conference Championship game. 53 million. That's almost you get 110 for the Super Bowl. Think about that, Stormy. I mean, this is a huge stage. You're not going into that game without people you trust to be compliant, to do their job, and to know their job, and to give it all they have. I don't think I've described Tony when I said that. And that's what this Kansas City Chiefs team and organization under Andy Reid is all about. Did you see, by the way, what the cheapest Super Bowl ticket is oh right God. now? Right now. I can't even believe it. I looked on Vivid Seats, um, $6,400 for like the cheapest seat in a nosebleed. And if you want a nice 50-yard line spot with a little bit of the club bar action up above you, oh, just a <laughs> just a cool thirty grand. Crazy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. you keep hitting those parlays, Stormy. You're going to yeah, be we'll right there. You might, have, you might have the suite next to Taylor. I, I could see that. It's only my dream. Which, by the way, I'm tired of the Taylor Swift hate, okay? No, Especially you're not. You're after not. Ev- Michael, I'm just saying, after everybody said that she was what was bringing Kansas City down and they can't handle the attention. Oh, that's right. They did say that. They oh, can't yeah. Handle Nobody's the talking attention. that narrative anymore, mm. are they? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. Right. We'll be right back. We'll talk more Super Bowl and the latest news in the National Football League as CBS NFL analyst Will Brinson is going to hop on the desk with us next. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription. You'll get your first year for only $199. And all you need to do is use the promo code Lombardi. You'll get access to everything we do on our brand new VSIN.com. Website plus our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for each and every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access, as well as our Super Bowl betting guide with best bets 
and favorite props coming out. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. You'll get your first year of VEASAN Pro Access for only $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Rolling along here on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond, and Tony with you. And let's get into some more of the news of the day as Will Brinson, CBS Sports senior writer and NFL analyst, joins us now. Whereas about a week ago, everyone, Will, was saying... It is a lock. Ben Johnson's about to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders. That's why we don't like that word so much in the betting community, because he is staying put with the Detroit Lions. How did you take in the news? I mean, it's pretty shocking because this is now back-to-back years where Ben Johnson has told, uh, now it's multiple teams. He told both the Seahawks and the Commanders this time around, told the Panthers last year uh, that he's not interested in the head coaching positions. I mean, that's you know, I mean, you're getting, you're getting like up to a 10th of the league where you're telling them no, no thanks, which is just not something you see very often, you know, especially when you're a hot, you know, hot coordinator, who's risen into this, you know, coaching candidate situation. Like you see Dave Canales with the Panthers this year, you know, there are a lot of questions about that job, but Dave Canales ain't turning it down because he, you know, it's, it's rare to get an opportunity. And, and so I think for Ben Johnson to do this back to back years, you have to, you know, you have to wonder, one, are there any concerns with him? It doesn't seem like it because he gets these opportunities frequently, right? Uh, but then, two, is this really just about coming back to Detroit and trying to win a Super Bowl? That's what he's, that's what he's told people. Um, it's a – look, it's a – it's, it's, it's a great noble idea to go work with Jared Goff again and, and to keep that continuity going. There's a lot of great you know young pieces on that offense. So certainly you, you would think that they'll be successful again next year with that offensive line. You bring in Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, you know, the rookies. Um, but, you know, passing on an opportunity back-to-back years to be a head coach in the NFL is not something you see very often. No, not at all. So where does that leave Washington and where does that leave Seattle in your mind? Uh, You know, there's a lot of speculation that he wasn't going to get either one of those. So this might be the best move. But where does that leave those two franchises? Well, I think uh, I, I know I have a, a lifelong Commanders fan buddy of mine who just texted me and was like, <laughs> I think it was just in, in complete angst and panic. Um, I think if you're, you know, if you're if you're Washington, I believe they had uh, Mike McDonald, Aaron Glenn, uh, obviously McDonald of the Ravens, Glenn of the, the Lions. Bobby Slowick was was a, among those guys, Mike, who who interviewed. And so I think you have to wonder, you know, is this going to be a situation where you sort of hit the, you know, is this a panic button situation for Washington? Because I felt like Seattle, or maybe it's in a situation where this is a, a, a Mike McDonald gets to leverage these, the two, the interest from both Seattle and Washington into possibly, you know, getting a big time payday or getting more personnel control. If that's something that he wants, uh, you know, in, in either of those jobs, I think if you're, you're Washington, if you're a commander's fan, you have to be a little nervous about the idea of uh, what happens if they, you know, a defensive head coach, you know, and you've got this high draft pick. If you use it on a quarterback, you know, will that co- who's that coach going to bring in as their offensive coordinator? And if they do, and you have success with a rookie quarterback, do you see that? You know, do you see that coordinator leave? Like, could be the case with Bobby Slowick. So, uh, I certainly think the Commanders fans had kind of gotten themselves into this mindset of it's Ben Johnson or bust, and and now maybe panicking a little bit. Well, and Will, you had an article out earlier this month talking about the top head coaching vacancies, and you had Seattle and Washington as one and two there. How surprised are you to see that these are the the two that remain open of all the vacancies? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a large part of that is because, you know, the way that the NFL has changed is the, the timing with the hiring process to, to push things back and to, uh, you know, like allow the, you know, force these teams not to hire right away. We saw sort of the dominoes um, fall a, a bit in, in this coaching cycle. 
But yeah, it's surprising because if you're in Washington, I think you have at least, you know, you have a great fan base. You have a new ownership that to me at least has appeared very patient and very practical and frankly, the complete opposite of Dan Snyder uh, so far in Josh Harris's tenure. You know, he was very respectful of how they handled the Ron Rivera situation. Um, and you have that number two overall pick, which, you know, in this draft class, you, you can nit, we can certainly nitpick, you know, the, the Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, however you want to put them in that order. Um, but but they're very, you know, it's a very good quarterback draft class. And you think you have this investment from ownership. You have some nice young pieces. And then Seattle, uh, you know, I think the, it, you got to love Gino, and I love Gino, Eugene Cyril Smith III, if you want to call him by his <laughs> proper name. Um, but, yeah, I think you have, because of the Russell Wilson trade, a ton of young pieces there as well. So it is surprising. But I think these two jobs in particular – uh, both Washington and Seattle had really centered in on the Baltimore and the Detroit coaching staffs in terms of possible coordinators. And so now the, the timing of, of them losing in the cha- in the conference championship games, you would think we would sort of expedite this a bit. Uh, Will, you cover the Chiefs, you cover the whole league. What do you make of the Kadarius Tony? I'm not injured. They're just benching me line the other day. And Andy Reid's saying, wait a minute. No, we, we you're hurt. What do you make of all that? Uh, I mean, I would assume that it's something that, you know, uh, the Kadarius Tony is a, a quirky fella. He's, he's got a, he's like, he's got a rap name. He's like the, is it young Joker? I think why you, it's a, sort of like young gravy. I I'm, I'm talking way out of my age range here. Like I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a steely Dan fan. So like, don't like, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I, what I know, not, not, not what I, not, not what I, not what I think, but the, um, you know, I think he's, he's a quirky dude. He had, he was, he was, had some interesting, you know, comments when he was in with the giants. And then, you know, I would guess Mike, that it's probably a situation where, it's, it comes down to a NFL PA type of thing where if contraction, like there's gotta be something where no, you're hurt. We have you on the injury report. You are injured that we're not benching you for a contractual reason. That's, that's my only guess. But, um, you know, he's, he's had some, uh, uh, run, run-ins, I guess. There's sort of intera- bizarre interactions with both the coaching staffs in both places that he's played so far in his career is how I'll put it. And for anybody that did watch or listen to the Instagram live, um, it sounded like he was maybe rapping a little bit, a lot of profanity there uh, as he got to what he was getting to, but let's talk about this Super Bowl 58 matchup a little bit because it's two teams that I think are very interesting because of the ways that, way that their seasons have gone. You have this Kansas City Chiefs team that felt vulnerable for the majority of the year. Maybe this is the year somebody else gets to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Um, but then they just continue to win as an underdog in the postseason, finding ways. And then a 49ers team that was dominating teams, considered a favorite to win the Super Bowl for most of the season, and has had to claw their way back is in fourth quarter comebacks in each of these last two games. What do you make of, of where things sit right now and who might walk away the Super 58 champs? Well, I, I think when you look, Stormy, at, at the Chiefs, it, man, I mean, frankly, th- they look like the new version of the Patriots where, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter how they get it done in the regular season. You know, this is the worst offensive year the Chiefs have had with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, and they're still back here for the fourth time since Mahomes became the starter in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I threw this out, uh, you know, leading up to the postseason, but it's like, what if the chiefs flip the switch on offense? How like, that's not that weird of a situation to have happen. And and here we are. And Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things. Um, much like we, you know, Tom, we would see Tom Brady and the Patriots have 
you know, uh, air quotes here, down years, and they would get to the playoffs and it'd be like, well, this is the year they're not going to pull it off. And just because of the coaching edge, because of the quarterback edge, because you have these elite talents uh, on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball, and in, in the case of both teams now, um, you would see them just step up in the postseason and make a push for for the for the Super Bowl, even you know, in a quote again quote unquote down year. I think for the 49ers, what we what we saw with the slow starts in the postseason for the I think it was two different things really. One with against the Packers, that that to me was just a, a Kyle Kyle Shanahan had scripted the game and had game planned around Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel being the focal point of that offense. And when Debo got hurt early in the game, it completely threw them for a loop. Um, and and then I think against Detroit, they Detroit just came out more prepared and, 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 and with that underdog mentality, that Dan Campbell mentality, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And it felt like Kyle was a little stuck in his ways in terms of trying to run the football uh, when it wasn't working. Detroit's weakness was, is the, is the secondary. And I, I thought that was a little surprising in, in how they handled it. So game planning for the 49ers and uh, Patrick Mahomes for the chiefs is the answer for that. I think there you go. Well, thank you. We appreciate you, yeah. Will. Thanks for all the information. I know we kept you going. I mean, we gave we, we unloaded the bag. Good <laughs> luck to you. Hope to see you next week. Yeah, can't wait to Absolutely. see you out here. Yeah, see you guys. Thanks. That's Will Brinson again, CBS Sports senior writer, NFL analyst, at Will Brinson on X. But, uh, yeah, he's going to get out here to Vegas. We're going to have – I'm really excited for our shows next week because we're going to be on Radio Row at Mandalay Bay every yeah. single day, hoping we'll get a great that cast of characters. Somebody walks by and we just throw them on the set. Isn't exactly. that what we're going to hope to do? Yeah, exactly. we'll just throw them right there. And fortunately, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Lombardi, on the desk with us. So that's just no, going to reel them all so. in. No. No, we got we got the teaser lady. Everybody <laughs> want to know what your teasers are. There's no question oh, about that. I'm, I love it. Uh, we'll be right back on the Lombardi line. It's no way or no doubt coming up next. You will not want to miss it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? I know you are. And DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSEN. When you do, new customers bet 5 bucks, You get 200 instantly back in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Again, use that code VSIN, V-S-I-N. The crown is yours. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. So I feel like this first one is super appropriate because of the big news of the day in the coaching carousel being that Ben Johnson will remain the offensive coordinator in Detroit with the Lions. So no way or no doubt, Michael, the Lions are Super Bowl contenders next season. No doubt. I mean, look, they have a draft to strengthen their defense. They've got all the weapons they need offensively. Their offensive line can remain intact and get healthy. Look, when you're good in the offensive line and you're good at the play caller and the scheme, you're going to be knocking on the door. And where they have to fix themselves is in the secondary, finding more speed on their defense. So there's no doubt that they should be there. Assuming they stay healthy, obviously, there should be no doubt they'll be fine. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier with the Philadelphia Eagles and what they went through as, you know, making it to the Super Bowl last year, but they lose both of their coordinators. It was hard to ever get back to that type of ability. Awesome for the Lions to have that type of stability and a great play caller in Ben Johnson to remain on the staff. Let's go to the other team that ended up getting knocked out of Super Bowl contention in the Baltimore Ravens. And no way or no doubt... The Ravens' inability to play from behind is why they will not win a Super Bowl as currently constructed. What do you think? I think scheme-wise, they have to change a little bit. I mean, they they put all this money. I mean, think about the money they spent. So let me answer it is there's no doubt they have to change. There's no doubt. And there's no doubt they won't win a playoff game if they don't change. They're three and six in the last nine playoff games with John Harbaugh. So there's no there's evidence to say they need to change. Uh I think to me, when you look at the, you know, Bateman first round pick, Beckham $17 million a year on a one-year contract, they paid an awful lot for him to get nothing really at the end of the day that perhaps another receiver could have given him. And Zay Flowers has been their main guy. So I think they're going to need to figure this out. And offensive line, they need to change a little bit too because when you watch the tape closely, that offensive line did not play well in the game. And as we talked about yesterday, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, who do you want to be? Do you want to be a great regular season team or do you want to be a postseason yep. team, a Super Bowl contender? Because it's, it's different things. Um, let's go to Super Bowl 58. The script is yeah. in, Michael. 
The NFL yeah. wants Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey under confetti. No way or no doubt. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think, look, the, the ratings are going to be astronomical. She's already delivered. I don't look, you know me, Stormy. I'm a conspiracy uh, believer, right? <laughs> you know, I know that what happened in Dallas in Dealey Plaza wasn't one person. So I'm all for a conspiracy. However, this one, I just not buying. I mean, that, you know, you can say Sean Smith was against the Ravens. Every call he made was the right call, frankly. He gave, he missed a couple on, on the Ravens, too. So I just think it's a byproduct. The, the Taylor Swift urgency is a byproduct of what we're getting with the Chiefs. They just happen to be the better team last Sunday. I don't think it'll have anything to do with the confetti because the ratings are already being yeah. the book. They're already selling at These ads are already sold out. And they were sold out the weather they knew before Taylor Swift was coming. Well, now with her there, imagine like the television ratings. Oh, Highest yeah. rated Super yeah. Bowl of well, all time. Well, you know how they do that, Stormy. So they guarantee you a certain rate. And if you go a rating and if you get above the rating, you got to come back and pay more. They'll be double dipping here. They'll be double dipping. There's like 53 yeah. million people watched the, the, the AF, NFC Conference Championship game. I mean, if the NBA could get, they get 10 million people watch the finals. I mean, think about it. I mean, Mark Cuban, what, years ago said the NBA was going to lap the NFL? Wrong. He yeah. sold his team. <laughs> nice nice try. Not, not even close. The NFL is America's favorite sport. No contest. And uh, I will say, though, TikTok clearly knows me. The algorithm is set to my brain because the amount of conspiracy TikToks and Twitter <laughs> things I'm getting about Taylor Swift and the Chiefs and them winning the Super Bowl, it's like they're out to get the 49ers fans. I can feel it. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers, though. No way or no doubt, Michael. Brock Purdy has finally proven himself to be more than a game manager. No doubt. He's done this before that game. I don't know what Ryan Clark was watching before. He wouldn't give him credit. I don't even think that like what he did in that game deserved all the credit that Clark put on just one game. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. To me, the kid's been a really good player, and I've said this numerous times. Can we just get past where he was picked? Yeah. Can we stop talking about that, please? And once we do, we're going to be fine. But if we continue to talk about where he was drafted, it just clouds the conversation. And I'm, I'm so in lockstep with George Kittle and all these people that are saying, as Americans, aren't we supposed to love an underdog story? Why yeah, don't, don't we like Brock Purdy's? I don't get it. I love it. I, I do. I, I have the only theory I have is everybody was all the people that send the hate towards Purdy were, were, were Trey Lance fans. Mm. They were Trey Lance fans. And that that hate towards Purdy is because of because how can you be a, as you are a 49er fan and not want to talk about a great comeback story yeah. i mean rocky is a comeback story right everything that we that that grabs our interest is somebody reaching from below and coming to the top and yet poor brock purdy can't get a break i keep saying kurt warner you know he did this we embrace him brock purdy does this he's a game manager it's like uh, so unfair but i think a lot of it goes back to all those people that love trey lance and they still do yep Thir you know, and they well, wanted they wanted him to be the quarterback of the 49ers. I think it's the people that that yes love Trey Lance, but also people just that want to be right and want to be right about a guy that was to your point, Mr. Irrelevant, just the third Mr. Irrelevant ever to play at a Super Bowl. The other two were a kicker and a special team or first quarterback. Uh, so huge, huge for him. And I loved Alex Smith on Brock Purdy this past week, by the way, saying as the unofficial president of the Game Managers Club, he's not allowed in. Awesome. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling gained Patrick Mahomes' trust back this past Sunday. No way or no doubt. 
I think he gained it back in the week before when he threw this when he threw the fade, the, the deeper throw in, in the Miami game or in the Buffalo game. I'm sorry. I think he did it there. So I think there's no question he's done that. And, you know, when you call a third down play that risks not stopping the clock and you let it go, you trust it. Yeah. He's on the field. You trust him. And I think he clearly there's no doubt he trusts him. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid trust to, to make that play call in that situation as well. It's better, no way or no doubt, Michael, it's better to watch the Super Bowl at home or at a sports book than it is in the stadium. What do you think? No doubt for me. A, the ticket cost, and B, unless you're on the team bus, I'm not going. Like, I, I don't want, or if my sons are in the coach in the game, I'll definitely go. But no, I'm not. I mean, you know, I like, I, you know, you don't get the commercials in the stadium. Did you know that? Yep, I believe it. Because of the, the stadium rights, they can't show the commercials up on the big board. I, I was expecting them to show the commercials, you know, but they don't. And because uh, I love the commercials. We all love the commercials, right? So, no, I, I mean, look, I love I love that they go. I, I just think 54 million people watch the AFC, uh, NFC championship. Lamar Hunt kept saying for years, we have to make the final four a true final four event. And I think that would be bigger than anything if we did that. If we made it the final four and we put it in a city, I know home field's supposed to matter. I get all that. But people love it. I mean, go to New Orleans for yeah. a final four. Who wouldn't do that as a fan? No, it'd be it'd be awesome. And hey, Vegas would be a wonderful town to host it. But for me, like same thing. I prefer to watch at home. I like having the comfort of of my couch, getting to watch the commercials, not having to sit through the TV media timeouts in the stadium. Plus, for the Super Bowl, the halftime show isn't even made for the people in the stands. It's made for your TV audience, anyways. And as a 49ers fan, I need to be about around like-minded individuals. People keep asking me with the Super Bowl being in Vegas so are you gonna go it's your team in your city that's so cool I do not need Kansas City fans yeah. around me in my vicinity whatsoever but no thank you but you would have been one of those people that would have gone to Detroit to watch see that's what I loved about I started my pot off this week talking about how great the Lion fans are that they went to Ford Field because awesome. you want to be around people that have the same rooting interest as you yep. right that's what you want. If you're going to go to a game and spend 10 bucks for a beer and sit in an uncomfortable seat, you want to know that the person to your right or to your left is feeling the same thing you're feeling and that you don't have to get into a conflict about it. 100%. And that's how I can tell it's been a long time since you've been to a game as a fan. 10 bucks, please. Try 20. Uh, one more I for you. No, that's not true. I took the kids to Disney on ice and they cut those little cups were like $20. I'm like, oh my God. Love Disney it. has got this, this little mouse. This little mouse owns them. Okay. I mean, it's unbelievable. We, we've only got 20 seconds before the break. One more. No way or no doubt. Bill Belichick is returning to coaching after the season. Uh, no doubt he will. I'm with you. I'm curious to see what happens with him this year, though. Everybody's talking about how he's going to turn the personality on and be a media darling. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into we'll get into that another day or maybe a little bit later. We got to hit the break here. But when we come back, resetting for hour two of the Lombardi line. Plenty more news and notes to break down in the National Football League and previewing all things Super Bowl 58. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.